God, we love you. We're grateful for you. And uh, God, we know that, uh, that you are here in our midst and that we praise you. We give you everything that we are this morning, God. We know that you're here in our midst. We know that your presence is here in this place, God, and we just pray that you would just continue to meet with us, continue to speak to us, continue to, to guide us and direct us, God. And as we open up your word this morning, would you speak through me? Would the words that come out of my mouth be your words for your people on your day, God? We are here to hear from you and nothing else. God, no one came to hear from me this morning. We all come to hear a word from you. And God, we just uh, we give you praise and thanks that we know that you speak through your word. And may we leave here knowing that we have met with the one true God this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are, uh, as you can see behind me, we're going to jump into a new series this morning. Uh, we just finished our series in Ephesians last week. We spent eight weeks talking through the book of Ephesians, uh, kind of from front to back, talking through uh, what is... What is he trying to say here? What is Paul saying to this church? Looked at the theological implications, the practical implications. Uh, but you know, at the beginning of the year, I've been saying this pretty much every week this year, we talked about how this year is going to be the year that we, not the year, but a year that we focus on this, that we learn and follow scripture both personally and in community. And uh, so we just have been taking deep dives into different pieces of scripture. Uh, we've been taking deep dives into the Psalms and then in Ephesians. We're going to go back to the Old Testament now for the next three weeks in the book of Habakkuk. Uh, and uh, I say Habakkuk and some of you are like, now you're just making up books, right? Uh, that's not really in there. <laughs> but it's there. It's there. It's towards the back of the Old Testament. Uh, if you want to go there, uh, people pronounce it different ways. Uh, there's Habakkuk or some people say Habakkuk. Uh, some people say Habakkuk. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different ways. Uh, it doesn't really matter how you say it. We all know what we're talking about. All right, we'll just throw that out there. Uh, so however you want to say it is going to be totally fine. If you're talking after church or you're talking with your friends, talking about how we're in this book. Um, but uh, I think just while you're turning there here, I'll just give you, the, give you kind of some context of the book of Habakkuk. Uh, and I'll probably say it all of those different ways during this series. So bear with me. But uh, I'll give you a little bit of context there. If you're in one of our pew Bibles... Uh, let me see where I wrote this down. Uh, it is on page 806 in our Pew Bibles. I promise it is there. Uh, but here's some context for the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk is one of the 12 minor prophets. Uh, there are 12 books in the Old Testament. Uh, they're smaller books. We call them minor prophets. Uh, there's a lot of jokes about them not making the major leagues and, and not getting the Nike contracts, but uh, we won't. We won't go there, but they are the minor prophets, okay? Uh, that's just what they're called. They're called the minor prophets. There's some smaller books in the Old Testament. Of those 12, Habakkuk is one, but he's also the least known one of the 12. Uh, we don't know a lot about Habakkuk. He's, he's pretty much only in this book. Nowhere else do we find him in Scripture other than like Paul references him in Romans, Hebrews references him in, in chapter 10. Uh, but this is what we know of this prophet uh, named Habakkuk. And so, uh, which begs the question, what's a prophet? Uh, there are many prophets in Scripture. As you're reading Scripture, as you're reading the Old Testament especially, uh, there are many prophets. Uh, and there, what a prophet does is a prophet is someone who speaks 
on behalf of God. God gives that person a message. They go to this specific people at this specific time, and they give the message of God to these people. Uh, you know, I think of Jonah. Jonah, God says, go to Nineveh, tell them they've got 40 days. Jonah doesn't want to do that, but Jonah is a prophet. That's what he's called to do. He's called to go and go to Nineveh and tell them, hey, look, you got 40 days. Right? This is, that is the word of the Lord to the people of Nineveh. All right, you think about Elijah in the old in, in First and Second Samuel. Elijah, uh, sorry, Kings, and, uh, and then you think about uh, Elisha. Pretty close to that. The Old Testament is pretty full of these guys named prophets uh, who speak for God, are mouthpieces for God to the people of God for some very specific things. Think into Second Samuel. David sins with Bathsheba. What happens? God sends a prophet named Nathan, to David, to speak to Nathan, or to speak to David, sorry. This is the job of a prophet. This is what prophets do in the Old Testament. They are really important people in the Old Testament. This book specifically was written probably around 600 BC in one of the times where, where God's people were questioning one of these times we talked about in our Word of God series where the people of God are, are not super close to God at this point. We see the ebbs and the flows of people of God are really close to God and then they're not. They kind of walk away and do their own thing and God tries to call them back and he puts them in exile and then he calls them back. And, and this is one of those times where God's people were, were questioning. There was some oppression. There were some questions. There was a lot of ungodliness. And God speaks to the prophet, and as we'll see, basically what he says to the prophet Habakkuk is, look, you have been not so great, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use this group of people over here, the Babylonians, who are way worse than you, but I'm going to use them as tools to discipline you. Habakkuk is like, hold on a second, that doesn't sound right, it doesn't sound fair, it doesn't sound good. Like, wait a second. You know, which is actually fitting because the word Habakkuk, his name literally means to, to embrace or to wrestle, which we see a lot of in this book. And really what's really unique about the book of Habakkuk is this. Like I was saying, normally the job of a prophet is to be the mouthpiece of God. To go to wherever God has called him to go and speak a specific word to the people that God has called them to go to. But that is not what happens in the book of Habakkuk. What happens in the book of Habakkuk is we see this dialogue between the prophet and God. And it's almost as if the prophet Habakkuk is acting in the reverse roles in this book. He's bringing the concerns of the people to God and allowing God to answer these concerns. You know, one, one, just this, this is a book written from a certain time with a certain people in mind, but I wanna say this this morning, this is a timeless book and its message. It's a timeless book. One commentary I read this week says this, Habakkuk is a book for all faithful people of whatever era who find themselves living, quote, in the meantime. In the time between the revelation of the promises of God and the fulfillment of those promises. In the time between their redemption when God made his purpose clear and the final time when that divine purpose will be realized in all the earth. As such, Habakkuk is a book from faith for faith. 
It speaks of that faith and to that faith, which lives in the world as it is, and yet which knows that the world is not all there was or is or is to come. Habakkuk is, is a deep book. Paul quotes the book of, of Habakkuk in Romans 1.17. Hebrews chapter 10 alludes to it as well. This is a, a timeless message that we will begin unpacking this morning. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to start in chapter 1, because where else would we start? Uh, you know, we're going to start in chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to go probably about halfway through chapter 1 today. Uh, and we're just going to kind of just start unpacking what Habakkuk is all about. And so let's read together. Verse 1, the prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received. Two things. We're going to stop along the way. Just heads up. We're going to stop along the way as we read this thing. The prophecy, that word prophecy there, uh, literally is translated oracle uh, or message. Uh, but what, what kind of it means is there is a, there is a burden that is, that is kind of implied here. Right, the word there is massa, which means utterance or oracle. This word typically meant burden. It was a, a burdensome message that was coming to the prophet Habakkuk, which is very true about this. And what we see is Habakkuk kind of pushing back a little bit. Habakkuk, in verse 2, starts complaining. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Basically, and what we see here in Habakkuk's complaint is that Habakkuk has a few major problems with God at this point. They can pretty much be summed up in this. Number one, you just don't care. Look at what's going on. Look at everything that is going on. It seems like you don't care what is going on. You're letting all of these things go on in the world that don't seem fair. You must not even care. Here's kind of the second complaint. You're not doing much about this. <laughs> When I know you could, right? There's this kind of implied, like, I know that you could do something, but it seems like you're just not, right? You, you, you're not doing much about this. And, and there's, there's some respect here, right? God is he's saying, God, I know you could. You are, you are all powerful. I believe that you could, and I believe that you should, but you're not. You're not doing anything. If I was in your shoes, God, I would do something about this. Uh, this is this complaint. I just I feel like you don't seem to care, and I feel like you're not even doing anything about it. And and the third one is this: not only do you not care, not only does it seem like you're not doing anything, the things that you are doing they just don't seem fair. Uh, these are these are real complaints given by Habakkuk here in these two verses. It doesn't seem like a care, God. What you are doing isn't fair, but it just seems like you're not really doing much to, to solve any of these things. Have you, ever, have you ever been there? Have you ever asked those same questions? Have you ever wondered those same things about God? Have you ever just felt these things? I want to just throw this out there. You are not the only one who has felt these feelings. 
There, we, we read in our psalm series three or four times, people trying to express their questions to God. It is, you are not alone in your doubts. You are not alone in your questions. You are not alone in your wanderings. You are not alone. But here's another question for you. What do you do when what you see with your eyes is different than what you believe with your heart? Because I think this is the foundational thing that Habakkuk is trying to wrestle with here. What I believe is different than what I'm seeing. And how do I deal with the discrepancies that I see here? What do I, what do, I do with this? Right? I'm crying for help, but you're just not listening. I'm showing you violence. You're, you're just not coming to the rescue. The law, it means nothing. This is a, justice is a, is a joke. And it's at this crossroads that I think not just Habakkuk, but a lot of people find themselves at this crossroads where they can really go one of two ways. Some people come to this crossroads of, man, things just don't seem fair. It just feels like God isn't there. It feels like he's not fair. It feels like he just doesn't really care. And they walk away. Because why would I want to serve a God who doesn't care? Why would I want to have a relationship with a God who isn't fair, who doesn't seem like he is even present in the world? Why would I want that? And then there's the other way where we hold strong and we just Habakkuk. We embrace we wrestle. I think this is, this is the road that Habakkuk takes, and it's the road that we should take as well. Even in the times of doubt, even in the times of questioning, we need to just continue to wrestle. God answers. We'll read through verse, uh, well, we'll read his answer here. Verse five. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. I'm raising up the Babylonians that are ruthless and impetuous people. Babylonians were hated at this point. Even God is saying they are ruthless and impetuous. They are not liked. This is a a bad people, the Babylonians. God says, I'm going to raise up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings not their own. They're feared and dreaded people. They're a lot of themselves and promote their own honor. Their horses are swifter than leopards, fiercer than wolves at dusk. Their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. Their hordes advance like a desert wind and gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings and scoff at rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities. By building earthen ramps, they can capture them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God. Now, just me, maybe you too, but if I was raising these questions that (laughs) I was calling on God to answer, and God answered with this, I'd be like, I don't think you understood my question. I said, you're not here. I said, you don't seem to care, and the stuff that you are doing doesn't seem fair. And God responds with, well, let me tell you what I'm going to (laughs) do. And if it were me, maybe just me, I'd be like, exactly. That doesn't seem fair. You're going to raise up the Babylonians, 
who are just an evil people. They were a hated people. There was all kinds of stuff that we won't go through. They were just bad, evil people. The whole kingdom. God says, I'm going to use those people. And I'm going to come and get you. Now, this right here doesn't necessarily answer any of the questions that Habakkuk had in this instance. Why do you tolerate injustice and wrongdoing? All I see is violence. Well, those people who you see doing violence, they're going to come and be the ones to discipline you. Like, this doesn't answer any of my questions. But here is where the rubber meets the road, though. Here's where the rubber meets the road. You can be, at the same time, a deeply committed believer and wrestle with questions about what God is doing. You can be a deeply committed believer and express questions and faith at the same time. I hope someone needs to hear that this morning, that you can be a believer at the same time, express questions for God while also expressing your faith in him. Yeah, this, is, this is sort of what Habakkuk tries to do here, but there's another great example of this in Mark chapter 9, if you want to go there with me. Mark chapter 9, uh, there is a, uh, uh, a man, a father, whose son is ill and dying, and I just want to read, read this story for you this morning, and I want you to just, just listen from the perspective of the father this morning. Mark chapter 9. Starting at verse 14, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. It says, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Think about this. <laughs> I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Jesus commands the spirit to come out of the boy. But I just want to just, just that, that wording that the dad uses there in this story. I, I believe. But help me to become, help me to overcome my unbelief. There's a dynamic here that is, that is an okay place to be as a Christian. And oftentimes we've made it so, so if we're asking questions about God, it seems like our faith just isn't real. Or just you know, people kind of say, well, I must not have the faith of of so-and-so, or I mustn't have a good enough faith, I still have questions. But, but here's the thing, it is, it is realistic, and it is just fine to have questions and to have doubts and simultaneously 
express your faith in God. And this is what Habakkuk does here. I mean, you continue reading. Let me go back there. You continue reading in the book of Habakkuk, and here's what he says, his, his second complaint. We're going to read about halfway through here, but just listen to him. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. What's he doing here? He's saying, look, God, I know who you are. I understand that you are holy, and not only are you holy, you are, you are my holy one. Like, I, I know you. I love you. I serve you. You are my holy one. You are everlasting. You will never die. What's he doing? He's expressing his faith in this instance. But here's what he says. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. Your eyes are too evil to look on evil, or too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? You could see kind of the internal struggle here that Habakkuk has. Like, look, I know who you are. You are the everlasting God. You are the Holy One, which means there is none like you. You are are my God. I serve you. I believe in you. I trust in you. I have faith in you. But man, I just really don't get how you are doing what you are doing. I really don't get how you can do this. I I just don't get it. How how do you tolerate that stuff? Why are you silent? And for for some of you, I think that might be where we are today. We're just kind of wondering. We're, We're wondering, I believe in you, but man, what in the world is happening around me? I believe that you are good, but man, I don't see good around me. I know that you are who you say you are, but can you please just... Just help me with this. I believe. Help me with my unbelief. I believe. Help me with my unbelief. I think that's where Habakkuk is right now. And I know that's kind of a a weird, we're going to stop there this morning. I know that's that's a weird place to stop. Just in this tension of like, look, I, I believe, but like, what? I have faith in you, God. You are the everlasting God. You are the Holy One. But how do you do this? Like, how do you, how do you sit and tolerate this? How do you remain silent while all of this is going on? How? I believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I'll tell you, as we get into chapter 2, we're going to go all the way through chapter 2 next week. It doesn't really get much better. <laughs> And we, we go from kind of just this, this wondering of like, where, like what? And we go into this period of just kind of just waiting that we'll see next week. But if we stick it out, I think we'll see in chapter three that if we can just hold on, if we can just embrace and Habakkuk, <laughs> if we can just hold on and wrestle and just just sit in this tension. In chapter three, we get to see that we get to worship him no matter what is going on. That in the end, no matter if we get the answer or not, we can come to worship because God is who he is and his nature is what it is. That we can worship even in our doubts, even in our faith, we can come to worship. So here's the question for this morning. What do we do 
if we're stuck in chapter one? What do we do if we're stuck in chapter one where we, we're expressing kind of this, this simultaneous, like, I believe, but man, what is going on here? What do I do if I'm sitting in this tension? What do I do? We do what Habakkuk did. We wrestle back and forth. You might even say to God in prayer, I don't understand. That is an okay thing to pray. I don't understand what's going on, God. But if you embrace him and if you never let go, because no matter what happens, he will never let go of you. This is the truth of this morning. Even in the times where we're wrestling, even in the times where it might not make sense, we can hold on to God and understand that he will never let go of us. He will never let go. You know, I'd love to be able to just kind of tie this up with a nice little bow or, or story that sums it all up, but honestly, I just don't have one. Because sometimes when we're in chapter one, all we can do is just sit and embrace God. Amen. All we can do is just sit and, God, I don't get it. I don't understand what is going on in my life. I don't understand the circumstances that I'm in right now. I don't like the circumstances that I'm in right now. And I know you could do something about it if you wanted to. I believe. Help me in my unbelief. But God, I'm going to cling to you this morning. And I'm going to trust in you. You see the big picture. I do not see the big picture. You see the big plan. I can't even see tomorrow. You see it all. And I, I just trust you. This is where Habakkuk is. Habakkuk is, is not a, maybe what we would call just a nominal Christian now. He's a prophet. Habakkuk has a deep faith. Habakkuk knows the voice of God. He's having a conversation with God and he's still expressing these doubts and expressing these feelings of what is going on. Those feelings that you have in your own mind are okay feelings to have. It's not a bad thing to have questions. As long as we cling to God and go to him, God understands. One of my favorite verses, Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart says the Lord. If we're seeking these answers and we're clinging to God, if we're seeking with all of our heart, we will find these answers. And if nothing else, we will find him. And that's the most important. So I want to just leave us there this morning. I know I'm probably finishing a little early. That's all right. I just want to leave us in this tension, though, this morning of Habakkuk 1. God, I have these questions. I feel like you're not there. I feel like you don't care. I feel like even the things that you are doing, like, what's the point? And then God answers. And he's like, uh, yeah, my questions are still the same. I feel like you just don't care. Again, I feel like the things that you are doing, like raising up the Babylonians to come and to, to come and discipline, like, doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem fair. And we just sit there. We just sit there. Sit there in the tension with Habakkuk. Next week, we'll go into chapter 2. 
I mean, we'll read this second complaint from the beginning. We'll start at verse 12 again next week. But I wanted you to see at least a little bit this week about just it's okay to question and have faith at the same time like Habakkuk does. We'll start at verse 12 next week and work through chapter 2 as Habakkuk continues this conversation with God. But I want us just to sit here this week in this kind of tension between I have this faith, but I still have these questions. I believe. Would you help me in my unbelief? Would that be our prayer this week? I believe, God. I believe you are who you say you are. In fact, I, I, I want to pray in a second, and I want us just to, to spend some time just acknowledging God and who he is and what we believe about him. But I also want to spend some time saying, like, look, God, there are some things going on in our world that we just don't get. Would you help us in our unbelief? Let's pray. God, God, we love you this morning. We... Uh, we trust your word. We see this book, Habakkuk, and uh, honestly, it's a pretty forgotten book. We don't go there much. It's been a while, maybe. But God, we see in this book, we see what you're doing. We see this dialogue between you and Habakkuk, and we see that Habakkuk has this faith, but he also has questions. God, would just looking at Habakkuk this week, would it just encourage us this week? Because we see an example that it is okay, just like we saw in the Psalms, it is okay to have doubts and to have questions and to simultaneously still believe that you are who you say you are and you do the things that you say you'll do. God, it's okay to have faith and doubt in one. And we know that as we seek you with these doubts, as we seek you with these questions, that we will find you. God, we just want to express our faith to you this morning. And so I just want to spend just a minute here and you can silently pray and, and just just. Talk about who God is to you. Tell God what he means to you. Tell God who he is and what he has done in your life. Tell God just what you believe. God, we believe that you are who you say you are. We believe that you will do the things you say you will do. God, we believe, John 3, 16, that you love us enough to send your son to die for us. God, we, we believe what scripture says about you, about your character, about your love, about your grace. God, we have faith. We believe. But God, would you help us this week in our unbelief? Would you help us to even be able to ask the questions that we want to ask of you? Sometimes we feel uncomfortable even asking the questions or even expressing our doubt. But God, would you just, would you help us to feel comfortable there this week? Would you help us to, to feel comfortable expressing our questions, expressing our doubts? Would you help us to work through some of those? Would we be able to sit in this tension this week, God, the same as Habakkuk and say, God, I believe. Would you help me in my unbelief? 
I don't know, God, the questions that are in this room. I don't know what people are struggling with. I don't know the, uh, I don't know where everybody's at. But God, I know it's natural to have questions and doubts. And so God, I just pray over everyone in this room and over everyone in our church, over everyone who will listen to this later on a podcast, God, that they would just, just be able to express these words of questions, of doubts, that you'd be able to work through that with them. But God, in the end, would we just be able to worship you, knowing that you are who you say you are, and we believe in you, knowing that you love us, knowing that we're forgiven because of your son's sacrifice on the cross, knowing that, God, you have paid the price for us, that you would do anything and go anywhere to be with us. God, we'd be encouraged this week as we leave, even as we sit in this tension. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? And uh, as we leave, I'll just pray a prayer and blessing over you. And uh, would you take this with you? May our God, God of love and grace, God of truth, go ahead of you and with you this week. May he be with you in your homes, in your workplaces, in your cars, wherever you may find yourself, that you might make a difference for him because of your faith. May people see your faith. And may that make a difference in their lives. Go in grace, go in peace, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for coming this morning. It's good to see you all.